SM590, the fan, Ben Ennis, Brent Gunning. That was the unflappable Martin He's Jones. He's so calm sounding. He's so calm. He actually doesn't sound that calm. He sounds like kind of assertive and, mm. like, I don't know. I think you should have, like, a lower tone. Do you think you sound like this? I, uh, I, honest, that that would make me feel a little more better confident okay. in, in Martin Jones. But I did, no, he I was do, fine yesterday. I do like him going, how many times that can happen? Well, three in one game, and that's why the Leafs <laughs> lost. So, you know, again, but better good, to get him all out of the way. Good that he feels game. differently about it than I do. Because again, it's just like the way you need to view the mm-hmm. world, I imagine, to be like an elite professional athlete of yeah, can't control it. What are you gonna do? I go, ah, I can't mm. control it. What am I going to do? Mm-hmm. Scream and yell at anyone who will listen. It would be a different deal if the Leafs were outside of the playoffs looking in. Like mm-hmm. if they had not accumulated all the points that they've accumulated and were not six in the NHL in points percentage. And it's like, oh, my God. Yet another bad bounce going our way. Like unbelievable this season. But, yeah, they won four times in a shootout this season. That's the most in the National Hockey League. Games don't get to a shootout. They, they do for some reason with this Leafs team a whole bunch this yep. year, and they've won the majority of them. And, again, for me, that's the best indicator of luck in the National Hockey League. And I would say that maybe not an encouraging sign because they did lose the hockey game, but, like, reaffirming to me that the Rangers are the – team with the best points percentage in the National Hockey League, they can go into MSG in the back end of back-to-backs, lay the wood to them, yep. that they can return home against a very motivated and healthier bunch is Keandre Miller back in the, yeah. the lineup as well. God, he's so good. Very he's big. Quite good. And you can, from an aesthetic standpoint, look just as good as that team. And look at the two blue lines. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. like the, the names do not compare. No. Leafs are... As good, if not better, than the best team in the NHL. So that's my takeaway, is that the Leafs are plenty good enough to do damage in the postseason, be the best team in the Eastern Conference. They've looked that way against the Bruins, too. Yeah, I think that should be your takeaway every time they have. We talked about this. Did these even exist anymore? But if they do, every time they have a measuring stick game, and look, you know, the Leafs have beat the Avalanche A1 in the last couple of years, and no one sits there and goes, ah, that bunch of losers, they lost it. So the Leafs have laid eggs against good teams, but more times than not, they show up. More times than not, they take care of their business. So, yeah, I think the takeaway has to be that you also have to think, and, you know, I'm sure there are other teams that would consider themselves contenders who say, yeah, this isn't a fully formed version of what we have either. Mm-hmm. But we also have to remember that this Leafs team is not the Leafs team that we're going to see in April, they have to make moves. They have to. There is no way Brad Living can sit on the four million bucks, like just the Klingberg money alone. Mm-hmm. Forget everything else. There's no way in a cap league where you have that room to work with, you can just sit there and say, "Oh well." well th- and then throwing the Samsonov money. Oh my goodness. I mean that that one. I'm not quite there yet, <laughs> but stranger things have happened. We're not we're not not trending in that in that direction. So I think you look at it and say this is a team that's going to, at least in some regard, improve the biggest area of weakness, which still is the blue line. And despite. Kind of like in the blue line again. Like, I look at it and William Lagazin's really growing on me. Yeah, it's I'm going to bring this up with McKee because he was texting me about it last night. But 
you know, it's been, he's been the one I've kind of liked the most from the jump. It does feel like there's a bit of a debate of, you know, some guys kind of like Benoit a little bit more. If you talk to, I feel like Bukla has brought in, brought him up a bit, but yeah, I, and he came in with the more physical reputation, exactly. but I've seen it from Lagesson more, way more. It, Benoit feels like a guy who's physical in the sense of killing cycles. And it's not the bigger, it's not the bigger loud moments, but it's kind of quiet strength. But Lagesson, I mean, he'll throw the body. He mm-hmm. seems to be the first defenseman in a scrum in front of the net every single time, which Mm -hmm. is a little thing, but it's not nothing with this team. Just, we talk about it. They don't need the guys. We don't, they they do not need a team with six Ryan Reeves on it. They need a team with 16 William Lagasins, just guys who, you know, I don't actually want 16 William Lagasins just to score. Scoring would be tough. Defending, I don't know. I'm not talking myself into it, but the idea of just grab somebody. You don't have to pub them. You don't have to maul them, Mm -hmm. but you're there have some level of resistance. And I've, I've really liked what you've seen of him. I think I keep going back to it, that the most encouraging thing about the three guys that have been in the lineup that we don't think are necessarily for sure parts of the Leafs plan is that, and we can have the debate about which one it is, but I think one of them can be in the top six when the playoffs roll around. I don't think it has to be complete surgery to get rid yeah. of all of them. Like William Lagerson, oh, that could, or sorry, sorry. Loggerson. Yeah. William Loggerson can be the sixth defenseman on a team that goes places in the Stanley well, Cup. Brent, yeah. you also know that in the postseason, you're going to need not six defensemen, oh, not I'm seven. N- I've never heard this before. Not eight. <laughs> Not not you need forty five defensemen. No, you, you make do, the whole like, black box yeah, out of it. Yeah, yeah. no, they they're gonna need more than six. And yeah, guys get hurt. So no, William Lagazin, you can stay. You're you're doing all right. Yep. Before we move on to the the, the luck discussion, yeah, yeah. I want to have uh, one more thing on Martin Jones, who d- d- picks up his first loss, Mister Jones, uh, as a Toronto Maple Leaf. He's not been good in the National Hockey League the last couple of years, save percentage-wise. Last season, he was an 886 save percentage. But he did end up with a 27-13-3 record with the Seattle Kraken a year ago. Yeah. We kind of, like, just... We we threw this in uh, Martin Jones' discussion the other day. We didn't actually mm-hmm. have the discussion about it, though. Like, do you believe in... Because he does. Like, he's he's been yep. on record as talking about the Jack Morris of it all. Yeah. That I, I goaltend to the score... I can I can make the save. Listen, early on I can put you in a two nothing hole, but when you get up three two, I'm making that save in the third period. Do you buy that? I think there is a certain element of, and it goes to what we've talked about with him of the track record of just being in moments that not panicking. And yeah, it's the Grant Fuhr discussion of yeah, hey, he let in five, but, but he not the sixth. Let in the sixth. <laughs> right. He was always uh, there for kind it. of and a different sport at that time. Yeah, just a bit. Uh, again, no shots to Wayne Gretzky because everyone else got to shoot on those goalies. No, too. Shots to Grain- Wayne Gretzky. Like, shots, shots to Brent. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm not pulling his weight in the brotherly scoring race there. And also giving Brent's a bad name everywhere. But mm-hmm. when I look at it, I think that, yeah, it's a very different era. What you need out of your goaltender is different. But I think there is some element of that. It's, you know, we talk about it all the time with the ability to make the spectacular save. We've seen that from Samsonov at times, not anywhere at all lately. But I do it. I, to a certain extent, do buy that, especially with a guy who has track record in the league. I don't know how much I buy it. If you're, if you're going to tell me that, and I'm not saying you are, but if someone says Joe Wall does that, Joe Wall makes the save you need, I'd say, <laughs> okay, sure. Can we see it for three, four, five mm-hmm. years before I believe that? But with a guy like Martin Jones, I don't need to see it for three, four, five years. Maybe I need to see it with this Leafs team for a month before I'm going to buy into that element of it. But I think there's something there to it. I really do. There, um, 
there's something there to goaltending when it comes to luck, right? Mm-hmm. Like for sure. Yeah. And how much of uh, being a good goaltender is being lucky? I, I'm not necessarily sure. I, I've never, I've never less, played goal less than in my we, life. Here's the answer to that: less than you and I think, but way more than an elite goaltender thinks. Maybe, and maybe that's why you can have seasons that vacillate wildly from one year. You can have an yeah. Andrew Hammond Hamburglar season, and then like still, you know, then... I still can't believe Curtis Lazar ate the hamburger that was thrown on the ice. Among the most disgusting things it's in awesome. NHL history, no, it's amazing. No, no, Lazar. he should have done it. It's it was great for his brand. I literally I just mentioned the name Curtis Lazar on Toronto radio in 2023. Yeah, but eating anything off the ice is yeah. disgusting. Let alone from the unwashed masses that threw it there. How much do we want luck involved in our sports? Because I think we we view hockey and you can you nope. can disagree with this as the sport that 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 has it the most. And yep. yeah, do oh, and even Luke Fox wrote you know. Use this in his piece on Sportsnet.ca. It's on ice, and you got frozen, a bad, frozen, frozen rubber, on rubber ice. and you know it just—it's a free-flowing game. Sometimes weirdo stuff mm-hmm. happens. NBA, I think, usually the team with the most talent, the better team wins. Yep. That's that's the way that goes. NFL, I mean, maybe falls somewhere in in the middle there. I will look at like turnover margin sure. year over year. That's a hard thing to yep. sustain itself. Yep. Despite the fact you may have a ball hawking at safety or yeah. whatever. Like, no, generally like fumbles and, and interceptions and turnover Agreed. margin. Like that is something that is luck based. Baseball, yeah, there's luck, but you play so many games over the course of a regular season. Mm. Generally, like what, if, what happens in the playoffs? Though? Well, okay. And, and honestly, if we're talking about... <laughs> My personal sensibilities. Yes, I I want some element of luck because again, like I said earlier, if there's no luck involved, why even play the game? Like yeah. oh, literally, it's just the GMs assemble the team and they play it out, and uh, but you know exactly how the result is going to look because everybody is, plays to their abilities. This is maybe unfair, but I feel like baseball is the sport that has the most people that would t- sign up for that deal. Well, generally, I do like to think that it gets closest to yep. that, but that being said, there you can, even over the course of 162 games, you can have a lucky year, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you can have a, a season where you have this insane BABIP, batting average on balls That was the one plays. I was going to say. Right. But it, before we get into like yeah the indicators of luck in all sports, but how much do you want luck involved? Because there is like a point of diminishing returns, mm-hmm. right? Like if for sure if every year in the NHL, like oh the Golden Knights could go from the best team in the NHL and a Stanley Cup champion to like out of the playoffs this year because of luck, mm-hmm. then we'd be like, well, why even bother? Like yeah, why have a rooting interest? It's it, you might as well go to the casino. But yeah, where is your acceptance level? Like where where do you want? Where do you want the mm-hmm. level of luck to be? I'm just going to throw my own little addendum in there. I mostly agree with everything you say. I'd The one like little, not even quibble, just asterisk I'd put beside the NFL is that's the one that coaching feels like it matters the most maybe yeah. where you say it is, it is definitely like there is difference in teams and stuff, but you can also say this coach just really schemed, schemed it up. I feel like that is more true in yeah, that sport definitely wonder, than in baseball. Well, like, and I wonder where kicking falls into the discussion in, yeah. in football as well. Cause it's like, Oh, you can have like a Justin Tucker. Like you can just like, you can mm-hmm. have one of the elite goalies in System the NHL. Character. <laughs> no, no, just like a good, like he's all time good. great. Yeah, he's just yeah. Good. 
but most of the teams just have like mm-hmm. the same guy. Yep. And okay, because it's so removed from the other elements of the game, it does feel like that that oh. is there's a but I I think the discussion around NFL yep. kicking is the same around NHL goaltending. Yeah, to a certain to a certain extent and there are the there are the outliers, the ones who you say are truly good, you know, you got your Jake Elliotts or your your Justin Tuckers of the world, but yeah, for the most part it is a, a bit of a coin flip. I you know, I, I think about it in all sports I, li- I like. I There has to be an element of luck. You know, I know a sport near and dear to both our hearts, golf. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, sometimes a guy bombs his drive down the middle of the fairway, and I know you're going to say this is dumb, but it's like, yeah, sometimes it ends up in the divot. Sorry, mm-hmm. bud. That's a golf course. You got to hit out of it. Sometimes you get a bad bounce, and you're right up against the crook of a tree that you had no business being behind. Sometimes your ball hits a spectator and bounces back in. These things are all part of it, and I do like there being some element of luck. I don't think anyone ever wants to see a champion solely based on luck where you're just sitting there thinking about the 87 bounces that went right for somebody. I don't, did you make that face because of the Kawhi shot? Is that why you immediately made that face? I'm thinking about that team in particular. I was like, Oh, who benefited most from luck over the last, you know, half decade, decade. Yeah. The 2019 Raptors when Kevin Durant's leg fell apart and the shot bounced 500 times. Injuries are like, that's luck. That's for sure. It's luck. Sort of. No, no, no. It's luck. If you benefit from it, I don't think the warriors can say, Oh, we're so unlucky that Kevin Durant got hurt. He is a player who has injury history. That's not bad luck. was coming back from an injury. That's not bad luck on the Warriors' part, but it is incredibly fortunate. The Clay Thompson one was was bad luck. But (laughs) do you understand what I'm saying? That it feels like I think you can say, yes, that's lucky. The Raptors benefited from that, but I don't think the Warriors can sit there and go, oh, we're so unlucky Kevin Durant got hurt. I think there's very different things there. Is that also because they'd won plenty of championships and, you know? Yeah. I, I, There's definitely something to that. I don't know. To, to me, the, the biggest indicator, like if we we're going to put a statistic, mm-hmm. like I was going to point to one yep. statistic that best exemplifies luck in North American pro sports. It is BABIP. Yeah, right? for sure. Like it's batting average on balls in play. And like, yeah, there's underlying stuff that you can look mm-hmm. at. Hey, how hard Barrel did you roll? But yeah, like look across the, the sport in all the games that it played. And like everybody's seasons throughout the course of baseball history. Mankind. Like, yeah. The, the the numbers bear out that you're going to be in and around 300 average on mm-hmm. every time you put a baseball in play. And if you're above that, you're probably a little bit lucky. If you're below that, you're due a little bit of luck. Yep. And and it's just a sport where the sample is, is so large that you're eventually going to see teams normalize. But again, you can have six months of, of luck. That To me, that's the biggest statistical indicator that we have in pro sports of luck. You know, the more as we talk about this, the more I think about it, I have to want luck in sports because I'm the guy who sits here every day and hates that everything has become so quantifiable quantifiable that we don't have arguments anymore. There are barely any debates. Like, yes, we still have them in some regards, but Mm -hmm. it feels like with all the big stuff, the truth, the truth is out there. We Mm. found the answer. So I can't sit here and say, no, I don't want luck to play any part because guess what luck playing a part leads to leads to great conversations around sports. And we all watch it. You know, I mean, we all have different reasons we watch it. Some people gamble, some people love their team. Some people just need something to do for two and a half hours, three hours every night. But I think a big reason why for me anyways, I mean, shocker, I'm in front of a mic talking about it for three hours every day. I guess I like doing it, but so much of why I love sports Mm. is arguing about it or having the debate or hearing somebody's perspective. And I think luck leads itself to more of that than just about anything else. How much of the conversation around this Leafs team that's been so fatally flawed in the postseason, they just yeah. don't have it, right? They just yeah. don't. 
They don't have the killer instinct in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. How much of the last seven years of one postseason victory over the span of, the, of that, that stretch with Austin Matthews is luck? Like, how much of all these overarching, like, like, oh, man, burn it all down. This team just doesn't have it. Conversations are, like, bounces one way or another that have seemingly routinely, like, you keep flipping the coin and it keeps turning up. Tales. I don't know how you can say for this group specifically. And I, I understand people who maybe aren't so close to it. They just tune in every year in the spring and they go, eh, you guys lose every year. I don't know what you're talking about being so unlucky. The same thing happens every year. But, you know, to the officiating comment we talked about earlier, I, I still haven't seen that pick play called in as big a spot since when Justin Hall got called for the pick play on, on Tavares. Austin Matthews two years ago in game six against Tampa was inches away from tipping it home in overtime, they outshot the Canadians in every overtime they played in that series until sleeper agent Alex Galchenyuk decided, nah, here, you could just have this one. I don't know how you can look at this particular run. And that's not to say that there aren't areas they could have improved on. That's not mm-hmm. to say they're a perfect team, that it was their birthright to go to an Eastern Conference final. Far from it. But I don't know how you can look at it at the same token and say the luck doesn't play a part. And the biggest example of that is last year. It was a worse series. That was a worse first round series they've played in mm-hmm. three, four. Honestly, I, you can make the argument. I'm, I don't know, like that. I want to do it, but you can make the argument is the worst first round series they played in the Matthews era, including the Capitals one. Mm-hmm. You can make that argument. No, the worst one was the was the Jackets. Okay, so you can't make that argument. But other than the Jackets, it was the worst series. And guess what? It was the one they won because luck for sure plays a part. It, it, I agree. <laughs> like, they, they, I mean, this all started with a six-game series loss to the Capitals yeah. in which five of the six games went to overtime. They lost three of them. They won two, yep. but they lost three of them. Mm-hmm. They win the series if they find a way to win Two more score, two more goals Man. in overtime. Yeah, at a certain point, like you're gonna. If we're talking about one games to decide it all, you figure like one of these times, you po, uh, pucks are gonna go off the post for the opposition. Yeah. Pucks are gonna go in for you. You're gonna have an incredible goaltending performance and win one of these game sevens, or in the case of the Blue Jackets, game five. Yep. It hasn't happened for me. It's it. In this sport in particular, it, it's tough to analyze sometimes because sometimes it comes down to goaltending. It's so often, yep. and so often for this team and this incarnation of this team, it has come down to luck. And like, yeah, that's that's not fun to talk about. Mm-mm. And there's nothing you can do about that. And yes, there are like you can make your own luck if you're just like outplaying a for team sure. by a, a zillion, right? Like. Mm. I, I, I watched all those overtimes against Montreal where they barely let Montreal touch puck and they lost yeah, all the games. So. Yeah. Yeah. So you can make your own luck, but you can't. But you can't. Yeah, I guess. And and I don't know. It depends on how much you consider goaltending luck again, like with the carry yeah. price of it all getting all the way to the cup final yeah. that season. But yeah, I, it's just it, the conversation around this team in luck. It does... It, it makes it a little bit infuriating to talk For about sure. like all the things that they need to add, all the fatal flaws yeah. around this team. Yeah, if they'd just gotten a couple of bounces over the last seven years, we'd be talking about this core entirely differently. You know what I think is the most frustrating part of it as well? And uh, this is great. Good job by you bringing, bringing this up, Ben. But it's that, you know, we always, who do we go to when we want to hear from the problems of the Leafs at year's end? It's been Kyle Dubas or this year it'll be Brad Living or Sheldon Keefe or Brendan Shanahan. You are never, ever, ever in a million years going to hear those guys 
step to the mic and say, mm. nah, what do you want? We're unlucky. Right. We're just, we're just unlucky. You're never going to hear you that. You know why? And I think the there's, fa- well, because there's, you, there's two things here. Yeah. One is it's like passing the buck. And of two, course. it's like, why am I getting millions of dollars to make these decisions? Exactly. So I am not, I am not, I'm not sitting here saying we should hear that from them. But I think that's the most frustrating part is that we all acknowledge it. We all see it. Maybe occasionally you'll hear yeah. it from the players like you did on Martin Jones last night of uh, what do you want me to do on three of those goals? But you will never hear it from the people who have to put the teams together because of both of those things. And I think that is what leads to the frustration of you never hear it from them. No. How can how much can it possibly Funny. play in if the guy making all the decisions doesn't even believe in it? And this brings me back to my like like the 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 thing I'm most most passionate in talking about sports. Mm-hmm. Like, and I understand that I'm the guy that's just talking about the thing right. that, that is like luck based and just, you know. there's not a lot of sense to be made quite often in pro sports, but it just cracks me up when you have these executives who are maybe headed to the Hall of Fame Mm -hmm. and paid millions of dollars and pouring over a bunch of details and, like, so self-serious that they can't understand or or at least refuse to let us into the idea that... And maybe their heart of hearts, they understand, like, ah, it's all a joke anyways. Or, like, there's a big part of it that is, like not within my control, but that there's so, I think the overwhelming prevailing sentiment amongst North American pro sports executives, I should say outside of North America, like all pro sports executives is like, oh, this is like very important and I'm really good at my job. And and you, fan, are not as smart as me making these decisions. It's, man, so much of it, like a fan, look at the draft history of so many teams in North American pro sports. It's, he, the, the, there's not a lot of sense to be made you, quite often. Could you imagine? What, the only way the Paul McLean, they got demons in their bed, they drive to the rink and it's a demon riding shotgun with them. The only way that quote could have been worse is if right after that Kyle Dubas went, and we're so unlucky. Yeah. Could, you, <laughs> right. could you imagine how that would have been perceived? Yeah, no, not I good. Don't. You can't ever admit it. Could you imagine? Actually, could, please just live in that world with oh me for two God. seconds. The shows we oh would have heard God. and you would and I would have done. You can do it in a one-off, like a game like yesterday. Yes, when like, go, wow, wow, three wow, pinball gold. What are you going to do? <laughs> no. But overarching season. In long an, thoughts, I no. would love to sit Kyle Dubas down and ask him specifically, like, how how much of the lack of success here do you think is oh. attributable to luck? Do you think he'd be honest with do you? Or do you think he's like, no, we didn't. You, again, like, understanding that. Yeah. This is off the record. Just a, you and I course. having a conversation. Quiet moments with his friends. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, be honest with me. Like, how, how raw oh. a deal do you think you got from the hockey <sighs> gods over the last seven years? What I would what I would give because again, he can never, he can never say it, Yeah. but it's all the conversation we had about the flat cap and the timing. And mm-hmm. part of that he wears, part of it is a global pandemic, the likes mm-hmm. of which we have not seen in generations. And again, he's never going to step to the mic and go, well, you know, it's just so unlucky in Toronto guys. Cause there's some element that's true, but there's also plenty of yeah. it that he has to wear. And that's why you'll never hear him say it yeah. or anybody for that matter. God, I'm, I am, again, just thank you. You're welcome. It's like an early Christmas present for me. I love this topic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love it too. It is frustrating though. All right. <laughs> Time now for something to chew on brought to you by great Canadian meats. All right. In sports, there's opinions and they're not right Thankfully. or wrong. Oh, right. Well, and we mine. can, we can differ on them and, yeah, you can get mad at somebody's opinion, but generally, you know, you can squint and see the other person's side of the argument. Mm-hmm. That was until Ben Verlander stepped to a microphone yesterday talking about <laughs> Shohei Otani and the Dodgers. 
Sure, 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 sure. Yeah, he's good. He's a DH, and like he, he's re- really good hitting the baseball. I won't pitch this year. Um, and yes, there are things outside of the baseball side of things that make him impactful. <sighs> As there were with Jackie freaking Robinson. <laughs> Could he pitch though, Ben? I, Could he pitch? I like. I I I, I, I want to give Ben Verlander the benefit of the doubt here, but. You know, there's How? been lots of times since then, and it, it it really did emerge into like a <sighs> a dunk fest on Twitter yesterday on on Mister Mister Shohei Otani for yes, you know, and he's done a good job of carving out that niche. Is like, hey, if you want a guest on who knows something, even though it's not a like he's been to Japan and he's interviewed him, but I don't. <laughs> Arden's been to Japan too. Yeah. I, he didn't know the dog's name, right? Before yeah. we did. So, so I don't know. How much does he really know about Shohei Otani? But come on. Like, again, like you're, everybody's entitled to their sports opinion, except for that one that Shohei Otani is the most impactful signing. Like, again, like he, he says things outside of the baseball realm. The, there's one thing we think of when it comes to the Dodgers, and it's Jackie Robinson breaking the color barrier. Come on. Like, what are we doing? But, Ben, Ben, you're not – you're missing it. The Dodgers are now plus 450 to win the World Series. <laughs> That's fine. Like, if you're going to say, it like, out, our friends from a baseball per- perspective, you could talk – like, but he's not. Like, he, go- he goes out of his way to say, like, nothing other than baseball things. Like, there's – I'm talking about just an impact. An impactful signing from, like, a cultural perspective, and so clearly not. Yeah, and it is uh, – part of me, it's a, it's a small part, and I hate this part of me, but part of me respects that he will not retract the take. <laughs> sure. Like, all he needs to do is tweet the Homer into the bushes gif, and then we all realize, yeah. okay, yeah, you forgot or, or Jackie Robinson say, like, existed. The Los Angeles Dodgers, oh, maybe. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. You could, but when you say you Dodgers – It's just – it's it's incredible, and it is – and I'm I'm so guilty of this as well. It's it's just being excited about something in the moment that matters a great deal. Matters an immense amount that Shohei Otani signed with the Dodgers for, you know, seven hundred fake million dollars or four hundred and eighty real million dollars. Like all that stuff matters. It's amazing. But have a little perspective in your life. My God. <laughs> I, I, so. I don't know what's going on with Ben Ver- Verlander and, and Shohei Otani. Well, he like I told I told you this. He's like you go you go to his Twitter. He's like, guys, I secured it. One on one interview it was a year ago in Japan. Yeah, I I mean, take you back to like during the free agent wooing of Shohei Otani, th- that he he just he tweeted out that he just wanted Shohei to be happy. Like that's <laughs> the thing he was most invested in in his free agency. Can you? Okay, this is. You know, people get on me as, Brent, you're 34 years old. Why do you care about the Leafs so much? Like, it's a game. And I go, yeah, it's a game. But it's, like, actually the thing I care about the most. But, like, my childhood, I was steeped in it. It's been my whole life. Can you imagine as, a like, an adult man with a mortgage caring so much about someone else? No. It's weird, right? No, no. Yeah, that you're not, like, family members Yes, and again, he's family... like Justin Verlander yeah, is my want, favorite baseball hey, listen, player. If he was like, I want just want Justin to be happy. But like, yeah, yeah of course, agreed. yeah. Okay. yeah so, I, I mean, I, that makes sense. So do I. <laughs> but you really should. It is. It's just. It's odd. It's really odd. And again, like, it's media. You lean into your lane. Mm-hmm. You have a niche. I'm sure it's like anything, right? It's mm-hmm. like he believes it 90 percent, puts it on 10 percent for what? show. Whatever it is. Oh, for show. I didn't even mean to do that. But it is. 
is just odd. Like to not, again, like we see people in media who do not lose their team fandom hand up. I, everyone keeps telling me I'm going to lose. It hasn't happened yet, Mm -hmm. but to just care so much about an athlete that Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's odd. He wants to be introducing him at Cooperstown in 20 years (laughs) and careful what you wish for. Uh, When we come back, we'll talk to our pal, Sam McKee. Real Kipper and Bourne. That's who's going to introduce me into uh, the Burlington Sports Hall of Fame. Okay. All right. We'll alert him to that possibility. Next. As the fan morning show continues, Ben Annis, Brent Gunning, Sportsnet 590 The Fan. Fresh views on everything in the National Football League. It's the Fan Checkdown with Matt Marchese and Donovan Bennett. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. How's it going, Sammy? Morning, gentlemen. Good, yourselves? Uh, we're doing all right. We're talking a lot about yeah. luck today because it's hard not to, to, to watch that game yesterday and, and think about how unlucky the Leafs were in a 60-minute hockey game. I will say that I, in the overall, I feel like they've been on the happy side of the luck ledger this year. Would you agree? Oh, yeah. I'd say they've been very lucky for a lot of games. I mean, how many times have they scored twice with the empty net? I mean, <laughs> yeah, okay, but is that luck? I, I, well, that's I mean, not necessarily bounces. what I would consider luck. I would say that, like, the four shootout wins are luck because that's not something you can account for. Six on five, like, yeah, no, they have a lot of scoring talent and they're really good on the power play. You know, six on five is slightly different than five on four. But I don't, I don't know if I'd consider that part luck. Well, you could say the same for the shootout is the same reason they score a lot six on five. They have a lot of guys who are really good at hockey. So I, I don't know. It, it just feels to me, it feels lucky that, you know, think about the last time they scored with two with the empty net, the puck rims around lands on Marner's stick one second. Like it's just, they get good bounces. They get good bounces and it's been a good season for bounces. And last night was not, but yeah, I think generally they've played, I think earlier in the season, they were a little, maybe a little lucky to be not, three or four games under 500. But I think as the season's progressed here, fellas, they've gotten better and better and they've looked at more and more like other versions of the lease where they're just a really good team. And I think some of the fancy stats are starting to trickle towards them being one of the more elite teams again. So it's been a bit of a transition, but I think they were luckier earlier in the year, but uh, last night was definitely not a lucky night. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. I do think there's there's an element to luck with the six on five stuff because yeah, you you do need the 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 puck to kind of hop in a good spot. It's obviously talent as well, but yeah, I think there, there is some, some element of it there, you know, in terms of the, uh, in terms of the game last night, you know, it, it's funny. You look at, you mentioned the fancy stats there. I never look at them during the game. I actually don't even look at them the night before. I only look at them when I come in in the morning and I was shocked to see Tavares was kind of graded a, a little better in that regard than Matthews. He was kind of considered the best leaf on the ice, but I, I want to talk to you about Matthews. It, it just felt like a tidal wave. Every time he was jumping over the board la- boards last night, it, it, I'm not going to sit here and say this is the absolute best version of him, but it's as close to the best version of, uh, as we've seen. I mean, I know you gush over this guy every night on Leafs talk, but it truly is special. We've talked a lot this week about, you know, the idea of just enjoying regular seasons to a certain extent. And it, it's, it feels hard to, but it almost feels like we don't appreciate him enough to a certain extent. We're at that point of the season, eh, boys? Oh, just, yeah. Well, you just got to you just gotta enjoy the regular season. You know, you got can't take these guys for granted. Boy, I've had that take <laughs> a few times over the past four years. Um, I just, 
Yeah. It, well, there's only the, there's only like five leaf conversations throughout the regular season, yes. so we have to shuffle Correct. between them. And I thought I'd get there earlier than uh, normally. We save that one for like February. Mm-hmm. I thought we'd switch it up and do it in December this year. You know, I thought Tavares was actually really good last night and very unlucky. Uh, his line in general, I thought was good. So I can see where the uh, where the fancy stats are coming from on that one. But yeah, Austin Matthews again here. Uh, he was excellent, and it's not just the goal scoring stuff. It's the uh, ability to use his body and the stick combination. Like he's never going to run guys over and, you know, he doesn't maybe two or three times a year where he really gets into somebody, but you know, it's when he gets in on the four check and he puts his uh, behind into somebody lifts their stick and then gets the puck back towards the slot. That's when you really know that he's feeling good and he's feeling good with his offensive game. But yeah, I mean, it's just, it's a treat. It's a treat to watch him. He's legitimately, on like an Ovechkin pace to start his career. Like he scores mm-hmm. all the time. It's ridiculous how it happens. The second one last night, he's just in a phone booth and he just goes bar down. One of the best goalies in the league. Mm-hmm. It's just really, really special to watch him for sure. But yeah, like I, I you know, it's, it's one of those things that you you kind of lose things to say about him. You, you wait for him to play badly so that you can criticize him because <laughs> he's just so good. It's easy, you know, as you guys know, in Sports Talk Radio, it's easier to criticize than it is to praise. Sure, and it's yeah. like, I, I don't know. He's really good it's just, stuff. He's amazing at hockey, fellas. He is yeah. absolutely amazing at hockey, and I love watching him play. How's that? How's I, that I, for an I want to see him score That's 70. That's a good take. I want to see him Thank sc- you. 70 would be, that'd be fun. Like, yeah. Yeah. Team and of the I last truly guy with 70. I believe he can do it. I believe yeah. he can do it. Like, he scores every night. And it's Sheldon Keefe, I don't know, when was the Boston game where he called? Yeah, two weeks Matthews? ago. Mm-hmm. he's been unbelievable ever since that. Yeah. Like it's really, and it, you know, that part of it pisses me off a little bit too. It's like, mm-hmm. Hey, Matthews, go be good at hockey again. He's like, okay. Mm-hmm. And he goes and he's really good right. for two weeks. We'll so. do. Yeah. They should do <laughs> that before all the postseason games. They should have done it in some of the Panthers games in which he scored no goals. Uh, now that yeah. anybody, hey, uh, hey, Matthews, be good. He's yeah. like, ah, uh, yes. Yeah. Right. Good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, he scored uh, like this. Yeah, he he scored a six-on-five goal in that Bruins game to escape with a point. Uh, They lost in overtime, of course, Brad Marchand. What's that? I sent a a request to Sportsnet Stats, Mm -hmm. which I think I might have stumped them. My my good buddy Dave (laughs) texted me. Uh We were actually talking about this. About who's the all-time leader in six-on-five oh, goals, buddy? He and because he has like five this year. I want to say he, he scores six-on-five. I can't remember a guy that scores in general. The Leafs score mm-hmm. six-on-five more than any team this year yeah. specifically. But even over they the past seven, yeah. this era, over this era of Leafs hockey, I feel like they score with the with the goalie out more than any other goal. But that's just luck, though. That like you said, yeah, right? it is. No, it's <laughs> it just is. so lucky. <laughs> Holy hell! Now, I, uh, how about they're I'll, lucky to maybe have? I'll, maybe I won't just set the alarm next oh, time. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, you poke the bear with hey, Can we just hold on? Hold on. We need to sit on this. The two of you have known me for a long time. Can we just sit on the fact that I am not the grumpy one in the group yeah, right now, complaining about everything? Can we, can we uh, just enjoy I mean, that for half a second? Mm. You're no? somehow a morning guy, but a huge grump too. I don't yeah. get to I don't get to combo. <laughs> it is a it's a <laughs> yeah. I'm only I'm only ungrumpy between the hours of of five and nine a.m. No, I just I uh, I would like to know who the I would like to know who the all time leader in in empty net goals is and mm-hmm. how many Matthews has in his career. Well, because Hyman was the that, other way, right? Yeah, like yes, Hyman was yeah. the dominant guy <laughs> when they had the net. Like the Leafs must always have a dominant player with the net uh, with the goalie pulled. It's just a matter of which side of the ledger. Yeah, this on. one's better. Uh, agreed. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> All right. Actually, the other one's pretty good though too. I mean, it means you're winning. We the do like game for sure. Games, yeah. yeah. Um, but to that point, okay. So they pick up the point in that game. The Bruins are mm-hmm. lucky to pick up a point yesterday in their overtime loss to the Minnesota Wild. They're now six points back of the Bruins with the game in hand. 
So right now they'd be locked into a first round matchup with the Florida Panthers. They'd have home ice advantage, which really helped them a lot uh, in the five games against the Panthers last season. Like how much of a motivating factor do you think it should be to finish atop the Atlantic division for this team? Huge. I was talking about this last night on Leafs talk with Bonk. It's like, this is why, and it was off the conversation with Martin Jones and Samsonov talking about like, how much do you owe Samsonov in terms of getting him going? And it's like, you can't, you have to put the guy in net that's going to give you the best chance. You're not trying to win a PR battle here. You're not trying to like build up Samsonov. You're trying to win games to get out of this meat grinder of a division. You're trying to be the top team in the division so that you can get a easier first round matchup for once. Like, it's crazy that in this era of hockey, they haven't won this division outside of the stupid North division that didn't exist and that year doesn't exist. <laughs> like they just, they don't win the division ever and they have the talent to do it. They've just been unlucky with these teams in front of them. And I've watched a lot of Bruins hockey this year, boys. They're flawed. They are not the Bruins of last year. They are yeah. not the juggernaut. They are a flawed team that is easily like they're going to go on a streak here where they lose a few in a row and it's not going to necessarily be pretty. They can pass that team. And to me, that should be a massive priority. Just get out of this division for once. Find yourself a matchup like, I don't know, like the Flyers or the Caps or the Islanders or the, you know, the Penguins, one of these teams that's not the the Tampa Bay Lightning. But, I mean, wouldn't it be funny if the Lightning ended up making the eight yeah, seed? Yeah, of course. Ended up playing? That'd course. be really funny. That'd be a really leafy outcome. But I, I just, I think it should be a massive priority for them. I really do. Yeah, I'm actually very angry at you for even mentioning the possibility of the Lightning being their first round matchup, but it's very possible. But I just, I can't, I can't begin to to think about that again. I wanted to ask you about Keith. He has been obviously a massive topic of conversation with this team throughout his tenure here. And the biggest thing we've talked about him with is his his tinkering, right? You know, get the blender out. We know he loves it. That really hasn't been the case this year. He has changed things throughout the year on a, you know, to a certain extent, a week-to-week basis. But it hasn't been the every other period is a different set of lines. We did see it a bit last night with the blue line of him kind of switching up the the top two pairs there. What do you make of Keefe this year and just the fact that he seems, I don't know if it's more sure of himself, he has a little more confidence, or if it's just a guy who has a better handle on his team or what it is. But it's shocked me how little there's been in terms of tinkering with Keith this year? Well, he has the uh, benefit of money for many <laughs> years. So uh, I think he can, he can maybe point to that. But I also think it's just, this team is what it is. It's pretty set, right? Like there's a very clear fourth line. Yeah. There's clear, there's four, there's the three fourth line guys that are very clear. There's the third line, which, you know, has been really good for them when they, they mix Yarn Crock in there and you put Domi and Robertson. And then the only line juggling that they ever do is just like, oh, here we go. Here's the Flip big switch. the wingers. <laughs> Flip them, baby. That's the tinker. Like, there's not a ton to do with this team. Like, we saw Gregor go up to the top line when Nyes was hurt, and I don't think any of us really like that. I, I just don't think there's a ton to do right now. And he did do it a little bit earlier in the season in game, I think, when they were pressing a little bit harder, yeah. when he was feeling the heat that a little bit harder. That first week, for sure. And even I like I didn't think they were very good for the first month and a half of the season. Like I really, yep. you know, was convinced that there was a chance this team might be a bubble team, like a wild card team. But they've really figured it out here in the last little bit. Feels like they always go on one really dominant stretch throughout the year to bring themselves up towards the top echelon of the teams. But yeah, I I'll give them credit. I don't, you know, we were all talking about, oh, is it going to be a different version of Keith? Different version of Keith. I think what he's done with the lineup has kind of shown a different version, but like in the media, 
I don't think he's really been much different than he has in years past that he was with Dubas. I was expecting maybe a little bit more crass, maybe a little mm. bit more short, but like not much different, maybe a little bit shorter than in years past. Yeah. But I think I, I, I give him credit. He's done a good job with what he's had so far. And he's really found a good role for like the move to put Domi at center has worked a lot. And I know he's done it in the past. It's been done in the past, but give him credit for it. He moved him there. It worked. He, called out his best player two weeks ago. And he's been one of the best players on earth since then. Like he's done little things throughout the year that coaches do and it's worked well. So I'll give him credit for a good start to the year. You know what? Just you saying that it, it did make me kind of think that I wonder how much of it is just kind of adjusting the slider on the criticisms he gives to the team. Cause it almost, and I don't think it was too much, but if you listen to the comments that he had to walk back in years past, it was soft and purposeless. It was incredibly pointed and it was wide sweeping at the whole team. It feels like he is, I don't want to say tiptoed because he's he's said what he's meant and he's meant what he said about it, but it seems like he has just kind of picked his spots a little bit more there. It's almost like the conversation we have about Jake McCabe in terms of everyone doesn't have to be the big bomb of a hit. You can just kind of, you know, rub a guy out along the boards. It almost feels like Keith has kind of found a little bit more of a level with that. Or do you think I'm like trying to make too much of it? I think it's that he doesn't call out Marner as much. And then that's the, he did it once. Cares. Yeah. yeah, no. no I he's like, why we gotta be so negative about Mitch Marner? No, I don't think. I don't think. I think Matthews can handle it. I think yep. Willie can handle it. And I don't think Matt and Marner can. I think that's mm-hmm. what it comes down. Yeah, to. John doesn't know. He doesn't even. And he doesn't. He yeah, didn't hear. John is he, no ears. He's not, yeah, he's just he's uh, face deep in a kale smoothie. He's not paying attention. So, um, I uh, yeah, I, I just think that like the guys that he's called out this year can handle it. And maybe Marner can't really when it comes to that, like uh, when it goes back to the soft and purposeless, purposeless stuff, I think we all know who was pretty upset. And like the star thing, who was upset. Like, yeah, we do kind of know what this comes down to. Sorry. Well, I was really going to say, Ben, I cut you off. No, I was no, just, that was important. I'm I, happy you said it. Yeah. Okay. And he did mention that the, the Leafs had no power play opportunities for the first time in two years. They, they, they went the whole season last year without a game where they had zero power play opportunities. Um, oh, you have to go boy. back a couple of years. I didn't do it. I didn't do it, Sam. Oh, I'm just asking you about a, a one-game, you know, situation where, okay, nothing egregious unless you you consider the elbow to the head of Mitch Marner as, as egregious. Like, yeah, that that does stand out though. When a team has two power play opportunities, they score on on both. They score an empty netter as well. But that's that's the difference of the hockey game. You get no power play opportunities. That was legitimately the difference. They get two. They score on both, and that's the game. Um, I get a lot of tweets and DMs about like the conspiracy theories against the Leafs and because mm-hmm. don't they have like, yeah, let me just search through my. DMs yeah, I can tell here, you. Okay. They, oh, they're, they're 20 since uh, 1920. They oh. 2.9 per game, 26, sure. Yeah. seven per game, Always low. 23rd. Yeah, but they don't they're, take they, penalties they dead, either. They're dead last this year in per game PPs. Yeah, but they've also they, they've they're dead last in the amount of times they've been shorthanded this season as well. I do my very best to not even think about the refs. And last night to me, there wasn't one. I watched, obviously I watched the game very closely. There wasn't one that like stuck out to me. thought the Marner one was just a guy that was shorter than another man. He kind of turned around. So what? A little bit of contact. Elbow I mean, hit his head. I, I'm not doing this. I don't know. Dude. The refs, <laughs> the refs were fine. I, like, I'm not doing this boys. I, I don't do ref talk unless it's egregious. I don't do ref talk. I don't know. I, I abstain. No I abstain. power play opportunities feels egregious. Again, oh, like that doesn't yeah. get happen. The, get the world smiles violin. Who cares? They, they lost to a better team last night. I would just a like a better it. team. Like they were fine. Like I thought I saw two teams that were pretty equal. Well, let's me, like last night, the, the Rangers were a little better. I think that's the, the one of the re- reasons I feel good coming out of that game is that 
they are in that conversation. They are as good as the Rangers, and the Rangers are one of the class of the East. So, like, I come out of that game feeling mm-hmm. fine. No, they have the but best the, the thought, points percentage the thought in came, the NHL. Yeah. The Rangers do. Yeah. Really? I yes. Thought, okay, I thought it would have been. Uh, no, Vegas. that's great. Yeah. I you you are too. wrong if you think that. I am wrong a lot, boys. I am wrong a lot. I just, I want it noted that even though I agree with every question Ben asked, I did not bring it up. So I just yeah. feel like you should congratulate yeah. me. And then you've you been a go. good boy this year. Thank you. Uh, I haven't heard much uh, ref whining out of you because you. Uh, the group chat that we're in with uh, your, myself and Eric <laughs> Prime, you get a lot of pushback on the ref talk. I do. They, it's like, it's like talking to a wall when it comes to the ref talk. So I appreciate it. And yeah. No, what I, are you going to do? I get it. Like, I understand why ref talk is infuriating. Because like, poison. what are you gonna? What are you gonna do? I would say yeah. that there is a thing you can do, and and you could be Sheldon Keefe, and you could you could call it out more forcefully. You, you you could talk about it, yeah, being something that is on your radar, and and see if that works out. I, I'm not saying he should, and I'm not saying yesterday is an example of doing that, but like there are that's the one thing that you can do, and you have the pulpit of being the head coach of the Toronto Maple Leafs, and everybody hanging on your every word in these post games. Like you could do that. He said last night, he said, when three goals are going off, us and in, bouncing around, you don't get any power no plays. Power You're probably not winning the game. Yeah. But, yeah, but that's uh, these not things it. happen over the course. Well, he said that they got no power plays. He's mentioned it, that they got one power play. I don't know. You, I, could, you, I, you could do the Paul Maurice with, like, the 2-0 on your chest. Like, other coaches he, do it. Like, we can, we, can, we, we can talk about it being silly and not a, a factor, but, like, the, it's a weapon other, other coaches use. Well, can I say that the reasons I love Sheldon Keefe is because he hates goalies more than me and he <laughs> hates to whine about officiating. Yeah. So those are the two of the main reasons I love uh, I, I love Sheldon Keefe. Yeah, that's that's nice. You guys are uh, you're two peas in a pod. You're tall oh, and you love golf. Much. Those are the reasons I love you, bud. Oh, thank you. I don't think you not not one Marty Jones question. What do you okay? Yeah, go. Uh, what do you want to talk about, Martin Jones? I, no, I mean, he just—he's got to start again on on Thursday. Yeah, for sure. sure. Yep, good. That's, that's agreed. Fine. Okay. All right. Okay. I, th- right. I thought would be—I thought maybe that would be a question. Nah. Oh, you know, Sam Stone's been struggling. Who do you think's gonna go for the team on Thursday? And I was gonna be like, oh, you know, some soliloquy about old Marty <laughs> Jones. But uh, oh, I guess about I get how calm he is. I already—I oh, yeah. already did that. I already—I stole all that. Buddy, already. he's so calm yeah. in the net, calm. and he's Mister Calm. calm. <laughs> That's yeah. why I love Sheldon keep talking about goalies because he's me with goalies. Yes. He's just like, I don't know. He's calm. Stop he's calm. it. I, like, <laughs> I don't know. He's calm. He doesn't look like an idiot in there. He's calm. Uh, buddy, uh, it's great I to talk you, to you. Uh, pleasure. God love Absolute you, McKee. Pleasure. Merry Christmas. See you, buddy. Yeah, same to you. Guys. Merry Christmas. All right, Sam McKee, real kipper and born and leaf stock. Time now for the Wake and Rake presented by Sports Interaction, your homegrown sports book, Bet Local. Raptors in action tonight. They got the champs at home. The Denver Nuggets are four and a half point favorites at Scotiabank Arena. The total, 229 and a half. I'm going to take the Nuggets to cover. I think that feels what I'm going to do there. I know the Raptors are maybe a better team than they've shown at times, and they play well against good teams. I'm going to take the Nuggets to cover this game. Yeah, I mean, that's where your natural inclination would go. But, like, remember the best win of yeah, last know. season coming in Denver against this yeah. Nuggets team. Yeah. That that line is honestly a little bit fishy that it's only four and a half considering the Raptors struggle to beat Charlotte. Yeah, I'd be on high alert. I, I Not to put your whole bankroll on it, but I, I'd be looking at that money line plus 155. Like there'd, okay. been, there'd be more surprising things than the Raptors actually winning this game against the Den, uh, Denver Nuggets. All right. Uh, NHL action for you. 
the uh, Winnipeg Jets hosting Patrick Kane in the Red Wings, who he's broken. Uh, this one at sports on Sportsnet at 730. The uh, money line is the Jets favored minus 161 at home. The Red Wings plus 135. The total six and a half in this one. I'm going to take the Jets. I never do this in an NHL game to cover. I like the Jets minus one and a half feels like your best value plus 150 there. Let's do that. To your point, the uh, Red Wings have been broken by Patrick Kane. Yeah, I, I'm I'm going with you. On Thank that. you. The, the Red Wings were the bell of the ball. Remember, I'm old enough to remember the conversation about who's going to be the upstart in the Eastern Conference, the Red Wings or the Senators. Yeah. Neither turns no, out is the answer. Yes. Nobody. <laughs> the leaps. <laughs> All right. Uh, that was the Wake and Rake presented by Sports Interaction, your homegrown sports book, Bet Local. When we come back, talk to our Leafs historian, Damian Cox, as the fan morning show continues. Ben Ennis, Brent Gunning, Sportsnet 590, the fan.